When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for tuning in. One full hour of Los Angeles Lakers basketball. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Week of Thanksgiving. Hope everybody's got a nice week planned out. Yes, we got a lot of Lakers basketball. At the same time, I know everybody's going to spend uh, some time with some family. Um, Jovan Buha is going to join the show at 7.30. He's had a lot of good, interesting articles, conversations about the Lakers and kind of their path and um, what it might look like in the next couple of months. So I want to get his thoughts on all that chatter that was going on around Zach Levine and some of these other players. Um, and, and we got – it's kind of an interesting time of the year because we're just starting to get to the point now where played 14 games, 8-6 and six on the season are the Lakers. Um, we're over a full month into the season or right around a full month into the season – and I'm still kind of trying to figure out, so we're just under 20% of the season done. Just try, still trying to figure out what exactly this Lakers team is. Um, I thought it was a good week for the Lake Show. Look, they've won five of their last six games. So, and I'm going to be I'm going to be critical about some things when it comes to the Lakers, but I will also want to point out that the facts are the facts. They won at Phoenix. They beat Portland. They beat Memphis. They beat Sac- or they lost against Sacramento. One at Portland again, um, and then uh, or beat Portland again, and then one last night, one hundred five to one hundred four. Winning five of six does mean something. Don't get me wrong; it really does. The one loss that they had, I, I mentioned against the Kings, um, you know, finally kind of taking on some teams. The Rockets was a team that was uh, above five hundred, and you got a W versus the Rockets. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't clean. I do have some concerns with some of the things the Lakers, how much they're relying on LeBron James. But I think pointing out that they're eight and six right now. Tomorrow they got a Utah Jazz team, part of the in-season tournament, a, a team that's not a good. The the Utah Jazz, if anybody thought they might be decent this upcoming year, which by the way I'm one of them, um, that has not played out early on in the season. That certainly hasn't. And you go look at the Western Conference. I think Utah four and nine. So they're definitely struggling. Lakers got a chance to be 9-6 and six through the first 15 games. It's not bad. Remember, they started out the season, they were 3-5, and five and they had a road game at Phoenix. So you're kind of thinking to yourself, like, man, is this uh, – I know it's not going to be 2-10, and 10, but are the Lakers – are they going to give themselves another headache? And they have had plenty of headaches so far through the season – um, but that's something to keep in mind that they are at least winning some of these games, even though it's not perfect. And like I said, got a chance to be 15 games in and be nine and 15 later in the week. They got Dallas coming up, which is going to be a tough game. Then they're going to go on a four game road trip. That includes Cleveland uh, Phillies on that schedule. OKC is on that schedule. Yes. The Oklahoma city thunder are 10 and four on the season. One of the best records in the entire NBA. So it's only going to get more difficult for the Lakers, but in this short little span here over about a week and a half, they had an opportunity to really do some damage based on their schedule, and I think they've taken uh, advantage of that so far. 
Still trying to figure out really what the identity is of the team. Um, I, I tell you, I, I thought I had a good pulse for it before the season started. Before the season started, I'd have told myself that, okay, I know what the Lakers are. There's a good chance they're going to be top five in the NBA, and here's how they're going to get there. LeBron and Anthony Davis are going to be LeBron and AD. However, you're going to be able to rely a little bit less on LeBron James because D'Lo, Austin Reeves, Rui, they're all coming back. You side and Gabe Vincent, Jared Vanderbilt, Christian Wood, Cam Reddish, Jackson Hayes, uh, Torian Prince. You got basically 10, 11, up to 12 guys that you can depend on. Max Christie, I didn't even mention in that conversation, that in an 82-game grind, you're not going to have to depend on LeBron as much. That has not played out at all. Um, the Lakers are so reliant so far this year. And I know we're just a month into the season, and, and I, I think there's a lot of positives that you could look at, but I think big picture, you got to really pay attention. We're, we're under a month of the season. Uh, big picture, you got to pay attention to What's this thing going to look like when the dust settles? What are the things that the Lakers are doing that are sustainable right now that you can continue to rely on a month from now, two months from now? Here's my description of the Lakers so far this year. So I kind of gave you an idea of what I thought when the season was going to start, and here's a reality of what's happening. LeBron is averaging 34.5 minutes per game so far this year. AD is averaging just under 36 minutes uh, per game so far this year. Both players have been incredibly productive. Incredibly productive. Braun has played 13 games. I think he's only missed one. AD's played 13 games. He's only missed one. Braun is 26 points a night, eight rebounds, six and a half assists, uh, just under two steals a game. Um, 21st season, my ass. The guy's playing like it's his... 15th season in the league so he's done not just everything you were hoping for but a lot more than just uh, uh, whatever the expectations are already set for LeBron James whatever the expectations that he puts on his back LeBron has been that plus okay let's look at the other star Anthony Davis so far 22 points a game I'd say his uh, his points are low um, but almost 12 rebounds a game, three just under th- or just uh, over three blocks a game, 3.3 blocks per game. We know what he's doing on that side. Averages about a steal a game as well. AD has been in the conversation through 14 games as, man, that's the best defensive player in the entire NBA. Um, and then he's had some moments offensively. For the most part, he's been good, but he's had some moments. The Sacramento Kings game, I think it was 9-9. Nine and nine. Um, you know, obviously the game against the Denver Nuggets early on, but for the most part, AD has been consistent. He's been what the Lakers need him to be. The part has thrown me off a, a little bit so far here with the Lakers. It's the role players. They just haven't been consistent enough. And the the talk coming into the year was there was going to be so much balance. I've had a couple opportunities. There were a couple games in a row that the Lakers played. They played a game at Portland. Uh, or no, against Portland, uh, they hosted, they played against the Memphis Grizzlies. And in both of those games, they had one game where they had six players scoring double figures, another player where they had seven players in double figures. And I remember getting an opportunity um, to talk to Darvin Ham about it, asking him the question, "Is this was this the vision, right? Like, this is what we all thought. 
that you're going to have so many different players that you can go to in any given night. Yeah, LeBron and AD are going to are going to get theirs, but any given night there's going to be three, four, five other guys that score in double figures that are active, that are finding different ways to play and uh, and contribute. And, and I think that just there hasn't been enough consistency in that. If the talk was about balance, I'm not seeing that balance right now. I'm seeing LeBron that pretty much has to do absolutely everything night in and night out for Lakers to get W's. Let me tell you the concern with that. So these last couple of games, if you look at LeBron against Portland, this was at Portland on uh, over the weekend, on Friday night. He was incredible. He was unstoppable. He had the Blazers. Uh, he had the, the, the Moda Center there. Whether you were a Blazer fan or you were a Laker fan, he had them all abuzz. Hitting dis- long-distance uh, long three-point shots, getting to the basket, doing everything. Played 35 minutes. Lakers won that game. And they pretty much had control of that game. Last night against the Rockets. Played 40 minutes against the Rockets last night. And Lakers just barely got by with a one-point win. And there's a balance here. You know, there's a balance where you want to complement everything everything that LeBron is accomplishing right now. You want to obviously go out of your way to say, this is amazing, this is incredible, look what this guy is doing at this age, look what he's doing X amount of years in the league. It is incredible. And I don't want to, I don't want to make it sound like that I'm not um, noticing that or appreciating that. The problem is that seems to be the only recipe of how the Lakers are winning right now, that they are not going to win games unless Braun is taken over. They're not going to win games unless Bron's hitting a fadeaway in the corner like he did last night uh, against the Houston Rockets or Bron is creating for somebody else. He shot 14 of 19 from the field last night. You know how crazy efficient that is? Uh, the game before in Portland was 13 of 22. You literally cannot ask for another player. This isn't one of those two where you know sometimes we say, Matt, I can't believe he's doing this in his 21st season. Forget that. His numbers are as good as any of these players in the league. He's all NBA right now, um, what he's doing on a night-in, night-out basis. The issue with that is it's not sustainable. It's incredible what he's doing, but how is it How is it that the Lakers are going to be able or LeBron's going to be able to sustain this over time? That's the issue. Um, so you, you want to give praise. You want to talk about how incredible it is. You want to give all the credit in the world. You want to sit back and just say, man, I can't believe Braun is still doing it at this age. But at the same time, you also want to say, okay, I, I don't know if this is the I don't know if this is the, the path to success long term. Actually I do know it is not the path to success long term. How can it be? And I think that's the thing that you're looking at more is that Lakers are not winning games easily. Every game has been a grind. And you're needing these unbelievable performances from LeBron James at this stage of his career. Okay, well, what happens in 30 days from now? Is LeBron able to sustain this? Is LeBron able to sustain it by the time we're at January 1st? Maybe he is. But I always thought the plan was he's not going to need to because you have so many other players that are going to get involved. You have so many other players that are going to take some of the load or take some of the burden off LeBron's shoulders 
that has not been the case so far, and I don't think anybody you know can really make the case that 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 it's a this is a winning recipe long term. Um, you know, it's funny the the conversation also comes up. Well, if LeBron has to do all of this, then is the question a fair question that okay, well maybe the Lakers. Maybe they just don't have enough talent to make a real run. Because remember, the Lakers getting to the Western Conference Finals last year it was awesome. It shocked everybody. It was a surprise. But now there's no more surprises with the Lakers. Now it's you know exactly what you're going to get. You have an idea of what players are the, the, the guys that stand out, the role players that should be there. It Now it's expected, right? Last year was a surprise and... Even Laker fans say, well, we only hang up banners and nothing else matters. If it's a championship or bust, there wasn't a Laker fan last year that I don't think was disappointed in that run because it kind of came out of nowhere. You didn't feel like the Lakers were going to be able to do that. But this year, um, it's a it's a more realistic question of, does anybody have the answer that the Lakers have enough talent or they don't? Here's the good news. I don't think we have to know for a couple of months. So I, I think whatever you've got from Austin Reeves so far, from D'Angelo Russell, from Rui Hachimura, from Torian Prince, from Cam Reddish, Jared Vanderbilt we haven't seen yet, Gabe Vincent we haven't seen yet, Christian Wood, whatever you've seen from these players so far, whatever you liked, whatever you didn't like, they're not in a position where they have to worry about today or tomorrow of like, oh my gosh, we got to make a decision right now. Let's see what the Lakers look like in a couple weeks. Let's see what they look like in a month. Let's see what they look like in a couple months. You don't need to know right now what this Lakers team is. Um, but for for me personally, they haven't looked as good as I hoped. And I, I think it's all going to come down to right now for these late for this uh, for this team is: Are these role players? going to be, are they going to help create that vision that everybody had in mind before the season started, or are we going to be disappointed? Um, and and I, I do think that you can have moments from Braun, and it's great what he's done so far, but my concern is it's November 20th, and you're already depending this much from LeBron. It's not even like you're blowing out teams. A lot of these games are incredibly close. Lakers talk on 710 ESPN is brought to you by Valvoline. Rush into your neighborhood Valvoline and let the expert technicians make sure your ride is in peak performance. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for locations and game-winning coupons. Okay, a couple things I want to do when we come back. First off, if you're out driving around or listening on the ESPN LA app and um, you got any thoughts on at least some of these topics I've already brought up, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-ESPN, you could feel free to call in. And when we come back, um, I want to spend a little time on some of those role players that I was talking about. There's some additional rumors on Zach Levine, what the latest there is, according to Mark Stein and of the Stein line. He had some interesting things in his article that I want to talk about as well around the Lakers. We'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. All right, is your vehicle due for a service? Just head into your neighborhood Valvoline. And um, let the expert te- technicians take care of your car. It-, it takes about 15 minutes to get your car serviced. They've been doing it for over 30 years. Uh, I- I've talked about this. I have a lot of personal experience with Valvoline Instant Oil Change. I use a, a location out here in Pasadena. Um, incredibly, incredibly 
convenient. These are professionals that know what they're doing. That check engine light comes on. Don't procrastinate. Just go find uh, a, a local Valvoline instant oil change and let them do what they do. They take care of everything. Oil changes, tire rotations, transmission care, and more. You just pull up, you drive in, and drive out in about 15 minutes. Just put in the website, SoCalOilChange.com. You'll find locations all around Southern California, so whatever's most convenient for you. Go get those game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline instant oil change. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Yovan Buha comes up about 10 minutes or so. We'll get a chance to uh, connect with him, get his thoughts on uh, where the Lakers are sitting right now. They've won five or six. Give them credit there. Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN is brought to you by Valvoline. Rush into your neighborhood Valvoline and let the expert technicians make sure riders in peak performance. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for locations and game-winning coupons. Um, let me take a quick call here. Let's go to Daniel in Santa Monica. Daniel, what's going on? Thank you for calling in. Hey, what's up, Steve? Thanks for taking my call. Um, yeah, you real quick. Uh, okay, and I'm just going to preface this by saying I really do like Anthony Davis, and I think, uh, you know, I really like having him as a Laker. He's a very valuable player. He's not a number one, and he's not a number two, let's be real. And so I think the two stars plus depth sounds real good, but I think it's kind of, we're kind of lying to ourselves here. I think that we got to get a number, another number two, you know, so like maybe a Levine or a, a Siakam or something like that. Uh, you know, I, I like our team. It's been fun. We only really beat bad teams, though, if, if we really look at it. And I just think that right now it, it's a, it's time to, to be real and say Austin Reeves is nice and capitalize on maybe his, his current value before maybe, I don't know, he continues to slump and see what we can get from the Chicago Bulls. Maybe, maybe fleece them for Caruso, figure it out. I don't know if the numbers work, but I really do think that we need a, another, another guy, you know, like a real guy to add to LeBron and AD because AD just isn't number two, which is okay. It's really hard to do in this league, right? Well, I think, Daniel, Daniel, I appreciate you calling. I, w- I want to get a chance to react. So I um, thought you brought up a lot of interesting points. I think AD is a number two. AD is a really, really good number two. I don't think he's a number one. Um, but I think the definition of a number two is somebody like Anthony Davis. Now, AD is a number one when it comes to the defensive side, but on a night-in-night-out basis, there's only a couple number ones. There ain't many of them. LeBron, obviously, his entire career has been a number one. Currently, right now in the league, Luka's a number one. 
Giannis is a number one. Nikola Jokic is a number one. Embiid is a number one. There isn't many of them. Steph is a number one. Um, Tatum, you could say, is a number one. There, there aren't many of them. There's a, there's another class after that. KD is a number one. Um, there's another class after that, and I, I think that's where the ADs come in the world and, and everything else. The, the, the chatter around the Bulls has been interesting, and I'm gonna part of my conversation with Yovan at 7:30. It's going to be to get a little bit more clarification on that. So something went down here. And I, and I do have thoughts on Zach Levine specifically, and I have thoughts on the, this Lakers roster specifically. But something had gone down. Um, I'm going to read something here from uh, um, from Mark Stein. So Mark Stein of the Stein line. He says, the Lakers have not begun to pursue uh, Levine in any way, shape, or form, and it may remain that way. It went on to say, the Lakers' interest in Levine is TBD, to be determined, and also known as not yet decided upon. Okay. I want to give everybody just a quick idea here on the concept of the Lakers going after another star. I, I, I'm okay to listen to that. I just don't want to listen to it now. I want to wait a month to see what the heck this team is. I want to wait till Jared Vanderbilt's back and Gabe Vincent. I want to wait till January 1st to have an idea. What is this team? I don't think you can figure that out, eight and six, when you got two key role players that are on the bench as well. And, and maybe, I will tell you this, I feel a lot less confident about the roster today than I did then before the season started, but they don't have to figure that out now. They don't. And I think that's the main thing that I've been trying to get across is if if we find out by the time you're at January 15th, another two months from right now, hey, the Lakers just don't have the talent to make a real run, which could very easily be the position that the Lakers are in. Okay, now I'm open to saying, all right, what can they do to improve the roster? And any any way they can improve the roster, because you're in this window of trying to win now, because you're supposed to be a top five team in the NBA coming out of last season and what you did in the offseason, everyone was complimenting what the Lakers did. I just don't think anybody needs to panic on November 20th. That's my only thing. My only thing is all that chatter and conversation about, oh, my God, they got to go get Zach Levine. First off, let, let, me, let me just kind of give everybody a quick idea here on Zach Levine. Zach Levine is still owed. He's on the second year of a $215 million contract. He's got a five-year deal. I like Zach Levine. He's a nice player. But I think the next player that the Lakers invest four years on has to be a player that you can see, okay, here's Zach Levine and here's Anthony Davis. What are those two going to do together moving forward? I don't feel good about that. That doesn't sound like a team to me. I know they could go out and get other players, this, that. I I like the idea, the concept of Zach Levine as the third best player on a team. I like that concept. Um, But at the same time, it's very expensive and it's premature to be doing, having any of those conversations. Something else to keep in mind. If you want to trade some of your pieces, Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura, they can't be traded before January 15th. D'Angelo Russell, Gabe Vincent, Torian Prince, Cam Reddish, Jackson Hayes, and Christian Wood can't be traded before December 15th. So it's got to be obviously after the January 15th for those two players, the rest of the guys after December 15th. The point is, is that no deals going down in the next 30 days. That's number one. 
Number two, deals never go down at December 15th. Let's look at last year as an example. Russell Westbrook, everybody knew it wasn't working. Lakers got to get rid of him. They didn't trade him until right before the trade deadline, which was in the start of the second week of February. That works to the Lakers' advantage that you don't have to determine what this roster is moving forward today or tomorrow. You have time. You have time. So, Daniel, I appreciate the concept and the idea and saying, you know what, I don't think it's enough. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're hitting this on the dot, but they don't have to panic because it's not happening today or tomorrow, and it doesn't need to happen today or tomorrow. They still have time to, to, I guess you could say, get their ducks in a row and um, maybe we're going to be sitting here in, a, in two months talking about how it's imperative that the Lakers go make a trade. But I'm still okay with waiting this out a little bit, seeing what this thing looks like over the next month and a half, two months. And if the writing's on the wall, maybe the writing's already on the wall. I just know this. Can't keep asking LeBron to do what he's doing and think that that's going to just get you to April. All right, Jovan Buha writes for The uh, Athletic, covers the Lakers, does a fantastic job uh, around Lakers basketball. We're going to get his thoughts on a few of these topics that we've already gotten into. Stay right here. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Okay, whether you're heading to the stadium to cheer on the Lakers or going to watch a game at a friend's house, please commit to the Go Safely game plan. If you plan to drink, plan ahead. Leave the keys behind and get a sober designated driver. Still need a sober ride home? You have options. Use public transit or a ride-hailing service and stick to the game plan. Uh, of all the reads that I do and of all the messages that are out there, this is such an important message. I know all of us want to go out. We want to have a good time. Sometimes you want to get away from work. Oh, I'm going to go get a beer. Oh, I'm going to go get a drink or whatever you're doing. Uh, plan ahead. Don't put yourself in a position. More importantly, don't put somebody else in a position um, because you're driving impaired. If you drive while impaired, you could get arrested or worse. Be involved in a traffic crash that causes serious injury or death. Remember, alcohol controls your actions and your reactions, especially behind the wheel. 37 people are killed in drunk driving crashes every single day in the United States. That's one person every 39 minutes. Please, please pay attention to this message. Go Safely California from the California Office of Traffic Safety and Caltrans. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Lakers, uh, another game coming up tomorrow. They got the Utah Jazz in-season tournament game. Lakers got a chance to go 4-0 in the in-season tournament if you're keeping track at home. This is a tournament. It's actually kind of growing on me a little bit. I want to welcome uh, Jovan Buha, covers the NBA, covers the Lakers for the Athletic. 
Yovan, as always, buddy, uh, greatly appreciate the time. What you know, it's kind of interesting because it's an in-season tournament game tomorrow. This will be the fourth one. Lakers three zero to start off. Is it growing on you a little bit? Is it? Are are you a fan? Are you intrigued to kind of play this thing out? Where where are you on the in-season tournament? It is. It is. Um, it, it's grown on me throughout the the last few weeks. Um, I think, hey, I'm, I'm for anything that causes some more fights and altercations, uh, bring, bringing back the old school 80s and 90s basketball um, and, and just that level of, of competition and physicality. Um, I think I'm also intrigued by the Lakers potentially advancing and getting to go to Vegas for the semifinals and or, you know, potentially the semifinals and, and potentially the championship. But um yeah, I think it's 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 been a success in my opinion so far. Really, the only thing I can nitpick is the courts. Uh, I think you know some of them are nice, some of them are not. Uh, some of them are eyesores, and for me, I, I kind of like the stripe. If if they just go you know normal court with a colored stripe down the middle, you know match it to your alternate jersey or you know whatever color you want to use. But um, I think some of these are just a little bit too much, like. Uh, that Chicago one that's red on red and, and you can barely tell uh, where the stripe is. And um, we, we've seen you know, guys slipping on the courts and, and guys stepping out of bounds. And like, I think that's kind of been a little bit of a problem, but aside from that, um, I think it, it's, it's become a success in, in my opinion. Um, you know, these things take time, obviously it hasn't won everyone over. And uh, I think th- this is going to be a multi-year thing in, in terms of getting the greater NBA community to fully buy in. But uh, I think as the Lakers have, have been publicly saying the, these last few weeks, like $500,000 is not nothing, you know, maybe for LeBron or AD, it, it doesn't really move the needle, but for most guys in the NBA, that's, that's a decent you know chunk of change. So I, I think those guys are motivated for that. And I think you've seen it where those games have just had a little bit extra juice. Yeah. It's interesting, Yovan. It, it's I'm with you that it's grown on me too. There's a little bit more of a curiosity. There's a little more, okay, hey, that's an in-season game. Yeah, okay, yeah, it looks different. Different jerseys, courts, different, all that. Um, what, what do, as this evolves, we've had this conversation a lot. I do it with Michael on the pregame show, Michael Thompson. What's the incentive for fans? And I, I'll tell you, I'm going to go back to Tyrese Halliburton had – um, had some comments. I can't remember if it was before a game, after a game, but I know it was it was before the in-season tournament started. And he said something to the effect of, if there's a playoff spot at stake, now everyone's in. Now everyone is, um, you know, they know how big that is to, wow, okay, hey, we get to make the playoffs if we can win this in-season tournament. I'm not telling you that that's the right thing to do, but do you think it will evolve to where the stakes are higher for consumers so that fan bases know, hey, this is real deal. If we win this, I, I, what do they care if a, a, a player gets $500,000 and the coaching staff gets more money? What do you think yeah. will be the evolution of this thing as um, as we go a couple years down the, down the line from here? I think a playoff spot is probably too much, but I would look at maybe a play-in tournament spot at a minimum of – you know, I look at a, a team like Detroit where they've lost, uh, I think, what, 10 in 11. a row entering tonight, yep. 11 now. Um, and if they win the in-season tournament, which obviously they're, they're not going to because that would include 
that, that losing streak would include, you know, two or three in-season tournament games already. Uh, but if they were to win the in-season tournament, despite their struggles, um, you know, that's, that's something where that team, even if they are the 14th or 15th seed in terms of record, they would guarantee at least the 10th spot um, in, in, you know, the, the uh, playing tournament later in the season. So for me, I think that's incentive enough where you give your your team a cushion um, where, I mean, I think about that 2021-22 uh, Lakers team uh, where they didn't even qualify for the in-season tournament. And, like, you know, that would have been something that that group, um, you know, could have tried to rally around earlier in the season. Um, and I think it, it just gives you some cushion where if you do suffer uh, an injury to a star or maybe a couple of injuries to key guys, you still have that locked in potentially. Um, I think another thing could be like, uh, again, you don't want to say like a lottery pick because that's kind of similar to a playoff spot that's probably too much to give away in a tournament like this. But I don't know, maybe a top 20 pick where no matter, you know, regardless of your record, um, and that could get a little complicated because, you know, do you even have your first round pick? You know, what if you trade it, et cetera. But um, I think to me, probably a play-in spot at a minimum is good enough because realistically, I, I think if you're looking at it, like these bottom teams aren't likely to win the the in-season tournament. But if you are a team kind of in the middle, you could get hot. And I mean, I look, look at Utah. Like the, if if they beat the Lakers tomorrow, they win the group, and um, you know they would have a chance to to advance. So I look at a team like that, like Utah, being able to get a playing spot. That would be great for them. So. I think that's probably something, but you're right. It has to be something for the actual team and have some stakes rather than just, oh, well, these multimillionaires all just sure. get a little bit more money. Well, and, and that's all. I think there's nothing more to it than that other than just the incentive, right? Give fan bases yeah. also a reason to say, this is why I'm watching it. There is something at stake for the team to say, guys, this is big if we can win this. At the absolute worst, it's this or what, whatever it is. I just want to see it evolve to that. Um, Jovan, you've done a great job um, these last couple of weeks of, of just kind of some of the chatter around uh, the Chicago Bulls and, and situations that could pop up. It, again, not popping up today or tomorrow, but it could pop up at some point. What, what is your thoughts of, without even applying a player, just the thought and the idea of whether the Lakers need to do something at some point because this roster is just not good enough to go make a real run at an NBA championship. What I keep saying is, and I was talking about it before you got on, they have time. Nobody has to figure this out tomorrow. That It's November 20th, and the roster on November 20th, um, you got at least even a couple of months before you really need to start making decisions what, what's been your thoughts of this roster so far, 14 games in, and what have you thought of how some of these role players have contributed? So I'm with you. I think that it's too early to make a call either way um, because uh, the Lakers, I mean, most of the roster cannot be traded until at least December 15th. And then certain guys uh, like Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura, they're January 15th, and then even Anthony Davis, which I would be – Highly surprised if they, they traded him at the trade deadline, but he's a February 6th guy. So, like, there are tiers in terms of when certain guys could be traded uh, that are at a minimum a few weeks away, uh, if not a couple of months away. So, really, any move that the Lakers make uh, in terms of a trade is going to be 
uh, again, at least in mid-December, but most likely, you know, into early to mid-January on the early side. So the, the Lakers still have plenty of time to evaluate the roster and see how Jared Vanderbilt fits in, uh, most likely as a starter when he comes back, how Gabe Vincent fits in uh, as that third guard next to D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves. Um, so I, I think first and foremost, it's just going to be figuring out this current rotation of nine to 10 players, you know, what starting group makes sense? What are some of our better bench lineups? What's our closing lineup? Like they still have to figure those, those things out because Vando again is most likely going to be a starter upon returning. And Gabe Vincent was closing some games uh, before he got injured. And I think is going to play a key role off the bench. So they're missing a couple of really key guys in this rotation. Now putting that to the side, I do think there are some concerning things. Um, you know, eight and six looks good on paper, uh, but they are 20th in net rating, uh, which indicates that as of right now, they are a below average team and are kind of punching above their weight with some of these close crunch time wins. Um, so for me, I, I do think they likely have to make a move at some point. I, I think they likely will make a move at some point. Um, you know, I, I don't think this is the roster we end up seeing past the trade deadline, but again, what that move is, who the players that are moved, and what specific needs uh, that they have, I think that's going to unfold over the next four to eight, maybe even ten weeks. So I think it's too too early to, to make a call either way, but Chicago is kind of the first team that's out there with, with something of a, a fire sale, making multiple players available. Um, so that's, that's kind of the, the team to report on right now. But there's going to be other teams that their season goes awry and, and they end up, you know, moving on from from several guys or or whatnot. So there's going to be other options uh, along the way, but right now Chicago is is the one that's known and, and one that the Lakers have interest in. Uh, Jovan Bua covers the Lakers uh, for the Athletic, taking some time to join us here on uh, Lakers Talk. Jovan, I'm curious, and this could this is more just your opinion, but. Is there another team out there or another player that you would say, hey, keep an eye out on, um, predicated on where they are, where the team is? Is that team, are, are they looking to potentially rebuild? Is there anybody out in the league that, that you think we're not keeping an eye out on that you would keep an eye out for just based on what could potentially happen over the last couple of months or the next couple of months? Yeah, um, well, I think the the Kyrie situation is always going to kind of linger just with the the history of LeBron and Kyrie. Um, You know, LeBron's noted uh, support of him and and the the Lakers having interest in him last season and and really extending to the previous off season as well. Um, There has been some interest there for a while. So I think, now look, Dallas is is playing great. And I I think, you know, they would obviously, you know, it's, it takes two sides to, to make a deal. So I, th- I think things would have to go uh, south for Dallas, and, and that would be more of a Dallas is kind of stabilized, maybe closer to 500. They're not really sure about how Kyrie fits long-term, and they could pivot and, and maybe get uh, a pick out of the Lakers, you know, some better-fitting role players, add some depth, uh, and, and that would kind of be that route. So I think that's going to pop up again at some point in the future, closer to the trade deadline. Um, another guy I look at is Jeremy Grant in, in Portland. Sure. Um, now, he's making a lot of money, so that is, that's the concern there. And that's the concern as well with Zach Levine of just you're taking on some of these guys 
that you know it's, it's not you're not just thinking about matching this year's salary you're thinking about how does this affect our ability to build out the roster in future years and for as great as lebron is and i mean look he who knows how much longer he's going to play could, right now it looks like he could play another three to five years but like realistically there's going to be a point when lebron is no longer a laker because he's retired and at that point you have to look at okay we have ad we have austin uh you know we have vando and like how does this you know player fit around those guys and, and how we can build this out so to me, I think Jeremy Grant on paper in terms of his skill set and what he brings would be a great fit. He is that type of, um, you know, I think you could just imagine him sliding in there next to LeBron and AD as a starter, as a closer. Um, he, he could help prop up some of those bench lineups uh, with, with Austin. And, like, I, I just think he would be a great fit, but that's a lot of money. That's a big contract. And, um, you know, the, it would ultimately come down to what type of return is Portland looking at and, you know, are, are the Lakers willing to swallow that long-term, uh, you know, financial uh, commitment? So I think th- those are some of the bigger names. I think there's going to be smaller things as well where the Lakers, you know, one thing that's good about their current salary cap situation is they have flexibility to make bigger deals. They also have flexibility to make smaller deals. So, again, I think they're in an evaluation period right now over these next four to eight weeks where it's going to be getting some of these guys back healthy, figuring out the rotation, figuring out who fits, who doesn't, who can they trust in the playoff setting. And then once they've kind of evaluated that, I think you're going to start to see certain names pop up and, and potential packages with, with them looking to move on from certain guys. So I still think we're a little bit away from that. Um, but I think th- those are a couple names I've heard in recent weeks. And, and I think those are some names you'll hear down the road. You have one final one for you. appreciate you taking the time as always. Um, Braun has been great. He's been spectacular. I, I don't know how else to describe what he's doing at this age. Um, how much of a concern do you think it is within the organization that they're depending this much on him this early in the season to squeak by wins against the Rockets or just barely get by against some of these other teams? How much do you think that's a conversation internally? I, it's a big one, and it's something that they're going to have to figure out. I think you saw it. Uh, you know, the, uh, about a week ago when they rested him in that Portland game. I wouldn't be surprised if he rests. You know, there's some strategic resting going on moving forward. Uh, just because, uh, again, like on, on the one hand, as you're saying, like it, it's it's incredible. It's unprecedented. We've never seen a guy. Uh, I mean, already he's, he's basically broken every record for a player in their 21st season, uh, which is to be expected. But LeBron, he's posting career best efficiency numbers like his true shooting percentage his two-point percentage his field goal percentage like all these different numbers are the highest they've ever been which and it's not like he's taking some he's not a role player right now it's not like he's taking a big back seat like he's still leading this team uh he's still their leading score he's still taking the most shots and he's putting up crazy efficiency numbers for a guy who's always been efficient because again it's not like he wasn't an efficient guy and has just become that like he's just taking it to another level so um, I think for them, like we, the Lakers got to think long-term because this is, we've kind of seen this before in previous seasons where when LeBron is healthy, LeBron looks great. Like that is always kind of the thing. It's then he plays, you know, stretches of, of 40 plus minutes or 38 plus minutes and that stuff adds up. And then eventually he suffers some type of injury. And all of a sudden when he comes back, he, you know, he, like last year, it kind of had to come back sooner than expected, wasn't ever fully 100%. And I think you kind of saw his, his 
production and efficiency dip in the playoffs in part because he was sort of you know forced to rush back. So the Lakers need to avoid that at all costs. Um, but it's a delicate balance because even that Portland game, they almost lost that game without LeBron. And like you can't afford to lose some of these games as well with the mini hole that you kind of started the season in. So you, they got to find the delicate balance of, of when to rest him strategically. Uh, but it's definitely something they're, they're weighing. I know they want to play him fewer minutes than he's played, uh, but when he's playing at the level that he's playing at and, and when they need him to play at that level to win some of these games, it is a pretty tough call to make in the moment of saying, you know, like the Denver game, hey, you're going to play 29 minutes tonight. Like, that, that's, that's just tough, especially when he's making every shot like he was last night. So um, I don't envy Darvin Ham right now in, in figuring this all out, but it is something that's of the utmost importance because if LeBron gets injured, all of this is for naught. And it doesn't matter if they trade for Kyrie or Jeremy Grant or whoever. Like, if LeBron's not healthy, they're not winning a championship. Yovan, great stuff, buddy. Thank you very much for the time. We'll, we'll get a chance to see you uh, tomorrow. I know we got a couple games before Thanksgiving, but thank you for doing this. Yes, sir. Of course, anytime. All right, that is Yovan Buhov, The Athletic. Final thoughts when we come back. Stay right here. Lakers talk on 710 ESPN. Really, really good stuff from Yovan Buha. It's interesting some of the players that Yovan was mentioning. You know, I was trying to ask the question of, are there players we're not talking about that could be available down the road? There's so many circumstances that go into play, and I, I get it, Laker fans. I, I'm sure there's a lot of headache of, hey, can we just see what this team is? The, the Lakers got one goal. It's to compete for an NBA championship, and you shouldn't be married to any of these players on the roster. They are clearly in a win-now mode, and that's just how it is, and it typically is for the Lakers, but even more now because of how far they got and, you know, obviously LeBron – uh, just the the stage of his career where he's at. But he mentioned Jeremy Grant. He mentioned Kyrie. Um, you know, also said there's still interest, that, that there is interest in Zach Levine. It's just uh, like he said, and I mentioned a little bit earlier, it's going to be a while before the Lakers can make any move um, because of the players that they have. And this is, I really do believe this when I say it, the best position that the Lakers are in, they don't have to worry about it tomorrow that they have time to figure things out. Time is going to tell the Lakers whether they need to make a move or not. It's that simple. Time's going to tell them. Um, It's interesting that he said that net rating for the Lakers is 20th in the NBA, which means they're below average. That 8-6 and record might not fully represent. I didn't know, actually, that Utah has got a chance to win the group stage as well. Um, even though they're really not that good this year. But I wonder if that adds anything to it. Lakers got, just to give you an idea what they got for the rest of the week. So schedule coming up for the Lakers. Very winnable game tomorrow versus the Jazz. I mentioned that's part of the in-season tournament. Lakers can go 4-0 and and win the group. Rest of the Lakers schedule this week. How about Dallas on Wednesday on a back-to-back? Get a little Kyrie Irving. Get a little Luka. The Mavs getting off to a good start. They're 9-5. and five. They have lost two games in a row. I'm just going to check here who they – they lost to two really good teams, the Bucks and the Kings. So they're playing good ball. Um, and then after that, you go on a four-game road trip. And that road trip, it, it's not going to be easy. That road trip that the Lakers have, Saturday they have the Cleveland Cavaliers. Next week they'll take on – and I want to go in order here, so let me just double-check here real quick – um, Saturday against Cleveland. A week from today, they got the Philadelphia 76ers on the road. 
They play an awful Pistons team after that, and then they play the Oklahoma City Thunder. So four in a row on the road, and four in a row, three of those four games against really tough teams. Uh, really, you're going you're gonna to go through a stretch where four or five games are all playoff teams. Dallas, Cleveland, Philly, and OKC. Has anybody looked at the NBA standings lately to see where the Oklahoma City Thunder are sitting? Look at the Oklahoma City Thunder. They're 10-4 and in the Western Conference. Kind of weird to see what the West looks like right now. Minnesota has the best record in the West at 10-3. and Then Denver, 10-4, and who would probably be better if it wasn't for Jamal Murray being out right now. And then it's OKC and Dallas. So it's interesting to see where all these teams are. Teams that you thought were going to have better seasons, like Phoenix, like Golden State. A lot of these teams are back. The Warriors of all teams have lost six games in a row. So it just kind of shows where they are. Um, I think there's a lot of teams trying to figure some stuff out. For the Lake Show, just go win tomorrow. That's all. Go beat the Utah Jazz. You'll be 9-6 and six to start out in your first 15 games, and I think that's a, a, a good enough start there. Still a lot of questions left, but I think the Lakers can figure that out. Quick shout-out here. Thank you to uh, Michael Funches. Thank you to Laura Romo. Thank you to Mario Ruiz. Um, LA, hope you guys all have a great, great Thanksgiving. Back on tomorrow.